Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Subscribe and download wherever podcasts are found or visit 1037thebuzz.com. Welcome in Adam Bounds here on 103.7 The Buzz. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin in studio with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon. What's going on, Joe? How are you doing today? It's a Wednesday. Yeah, hump day. Um, we're hump halfway day. through the week, and I'm... Feeling good about it. Yeah, I am too. And it's amazing that uh, here in day three, which I know that the whole coronavirus thing really started last week, but this, at least on Monday, was when it really started to, when we do a show at least, started to hit home of this is the way our lives are going to be for the foreseeable future. And we're all hopeful that it comes to an end very quickly. But, uh, you know, I am starting to realize, just like many of you listening out there, and I'm sure you're the same way, Joe, that this is not fun. This is not fun at all. In fact, it's quite the opposite. Already, I've, and I've talked with many of you via social media, that uh, you're kind of feeling the same way, where you're already done watching Netflix. You're already done binge-watching shows and movies. You're already done playing video games. You're already done being stuck in your house with no social life. You're done with it, and I am too. And it sucks, Joe, because well, what this can is you only— do about it? I know. I know. I am not saying that it shouldn't be this way. I'm just saying that it is the way it is, and I don't like it. Right. And the fact is, is that this is only day three. This time next week, I don't see anything changing. So you're talking about a week, two weeks, three weeks. I don't really necessarily know how long it's going to be lasting, but man, oh man, this is, this sucks. Straight up. Well, you talked about uh, the reality and us coming to terms with everything the reality set in once we were without sports. Now, I've said in the past that sports can be available and I can stay away from it and not watch because I'm watching other things. So those other things would definitely come into play for me right now. But the fact that the sports aren't readily available, it's like even though I'm not necessarily watching it, Mm -hmm. I know that it's just a click away. And now it's not. Now it's gone. So that would be kind of like something to fall back on because you know that it's available, and right now it's not. I do miss that, but I, I thought that that would be the thing I missed the most, Joe, was just having that readily available, like you said, just to flip it over with a turn of a switch and there'd be some sport of some capacity on somewhere because it's just the way it is. I don't miss that as much as I do just being social, <laughs> having a social life, being able to go out and eat at restaurants. Uh, be able to hang out with my friends, you know, enjoy the nightlife. That's the thing I think I miss more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I love my dog, don't get me wrong, but me and him are already getting tired of each other. <laughs> like, we're, he wants his space, I want my space, and we're already getting sick of each other. So, uh, it's but it's the reality that we live in, and day by day we get updates from not only the federal government and the president of the United States, but also locally here from uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, which, you know, well, there's been some more updates, there's been some more breakouts, some more Uh, confirmed coronavirus uh, effects and impacts there. So it's just been a really tough, tough time for everybody. I understand and I know it. And it was so funny, Joe, that last night I kind of got bored in a way where uh, I went on on Periscope, which, of course, is uh, the live streaming on Twitter, uh, video streaming. And I have a setup at my apartment where I sat there and I watched 
Razorback, great Razorback highlights with people watching with me and offering commentary. Nice. I like that. Yeah, had a ton of people watch it uh, as of this morning. I had over 2,000 people that watched it. So, obviously, I think people were uh, really looking forward to that. But the reason I did that is because uh, to combat the SEC Network Razorback takeover that they played yesterday Mm -hmm. because they've been doing that. And it was one of the worst lineups of Razorback games you could ever possibly have. Were, were a lot of them losses? No, they don't put any losses on okay, there. Okay, good. But you know what they did put on there? What did they put on? The two wins from last year in football. No way. They put Portland State and Colorado State in the lineup. you got to go back. You yes. can't go back to last season. That's what I'm saying. When we haven't had any kind of success or even the season before. you got to go back to some of those great games. How about beating LSU? Yes. When they still went on to win the national championship. Yes. But you go down there to Baton Rouge, you beat LSU. That was a great game. Yes. That's one to be replayed. Yeah, do that one. You could do the Arkansas Ole Miss game with the Hunter Henry Heave there in Oxford. That was a fantastic game. I mean, there's a ton of them to choose from. And I was like, that was the two, two foot that was the only two football games on there, Joe, was the two wins, which I understood they from looking at the theme of it all, they wanted to keep it as recent as possible this past school year, which is okay, that's fine. But you know what? Not everybody had a great past school year, okay? No. Not everybody had an enjoyable time. Razorback football fans were one of them. So I, How about I, just take football out of the mix? Yes. Even though it was it was kind of the format, if you're talking about current games and, and current success, just take football out of the mix. Yeah, I'd be fine just watching Razorback basketball and baseball. And in women's basketball, too, I'd be fine watching those events. And I know that they put on the documentaries, too. They had, like, the 40 Minutes of Hell documentary on Nolan Richardson. Uh, they also had the Before They Were Cowboys uh, 30 for 30 on there, you know, dealing with Arkansas. So mm-hmm. they, they had some cool things, too. It wasn't like everything was bad. But I just didn't. So I saw that, and people were complaining about it. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to have my own SEC network takeover of Razorback games on my Periscope. So we just went and watched some highlights there on YouTube. I, I did the Arkansas LSU game from 07. I did that game, of course. I also did the Arkansas Ole Miss game of 2015, the Hunter Henry Heave, and then I was looking at what people wanted to watch next, and then they wanted to watch the highlights of the 94 National Championship game. Oh, so, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, so uh, but I'm going to be doing that again tonight because so many people enjoyed it. So uh, if you want to get after me on my Twitter account, at Neighbors for tonight, we'll be watching some more Razorback highlights and giving commentary on it. But you know what? Those are the things, though, that you kind of have to do right now. At least that's that keeps me entertained, and I hope people that watch it are entertained and and enjoy it too. But uh, as much as I enjoyed that, though, as well, the other big news that we have today and to discuss, of course, is now Tom Brady looks like he has a team. Last uh, yesterday, we were talking about how he will not be returning to the Patriots, and now, like what Colin Cowherd said yesterday, as we said, it was reported by him, he was spot on, according to Adam Schefter. Tom Brady will be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in 2020. Bruce Arians has landed another guy. Think about Bruce Arians' quarterback roster. He's worked with Peyton Manning. He's worked with Ben Roethlisberger, Andrew Luck, Carson Palmer, Jameis Winston as of last year. Now, we know that Jameis threw a ton of interceptions, but he also threw 33 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards. So put that in perspective for a minute that – he threw for over 5,000 yards along with those 30 interceptions, and a lot of them were pick sixes. So Jameis, he had an up-and-down season, but it shows that Bruce Arians knows what he's doing when it comes to quarterbacks. And then they have a ton of weapons with the Buccaneers. You had 2,000-yard receivers. You had a guy that had 600-plus uh, yards receiving 
with six touchdowns. Then you have two tight ends and Cameron Braid, O.J. Howard. So they have a ton of weapons offensively. I think um, their offensive line can be bolstered a bit, and then they need a running back, and they're going to be good to go. And I, I want to correct something I said yesterday. Shaq Barrett, who is their great linebacker, I thought he left the Buccaneers, but he was actually franchise tagged. Oh, okay. So he's staying for an additional season. They're still going to try to get it a uh, deal worked out with him, but he is under a franchise tag, so he is staying with the Bucks. So their defense should be better as well. Are they Super Bowl favorites now? I don't know about Super Bowl favorites, but their odds just got a lot better. Yeah. Would you say that in the NFC, at least, would they be the favorites? See, the NFC is tough. It's tough. No, I know about, it is. But... Think about all the teams that will, will have a shot there within their own division, the New Orleans Saints. The Falcons came on at, at the end towards last year. Yeah. Um, they're always kind of a factor that you have to think about. Um, so within their own division, it's going to be tough to start with. We, we saw three of those teams make the playoffs just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But then when you look outside of that, I think the Rams will be back. You look at the Niners, the Seahawks in that division. That division is tough altogether. Arizona just got better. Not putting them in the mix, but I'm just throwing some teams out there. Cowboys, we saw that they're stacked. The Eagles, there's a lot of competition in that NFC. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you on that, and I was start thinking about when it was with the division. You know, that was one thing that we, and I will fully admit this as a Jets fan, that we missed out on when Tom Brady in witnessing his greatness is that in his division, he did not have this big rival against a great team consistently. Let's just be honest. You know, the the Dolphins had a team here and there, the Jets had a team here and there, the, even the Bills had a team here and there, but never went up against a heavyweight quarterback. Now we get that with Tampa Bay and the Saints. Twice a year. Twice a year we get Breeze versus Brady. I mean, that is an NFL dream right there for ratings, for all of that. And I think that well, that was one of the things that I first thought of with him going to Tampa Bay was like, man, we get to see that. And I saw a, a Darren Ravel tweet out the the line on the how I put this, the line that you would have to wait in online to get season tickets for Tampa Bay was like you were 6,600th in line because there were so many people that were flowing into their website trying to buy season tickets with the announcement that Tom Brady is going to be a Buccaneer. And, Joe, I said this yesterday, and I'll say it again. Of all the teams that I would have thought to see Tom Brady in a uniform for, of all the teams that I would have thought he would have gone to once his time with the Patriots were over, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – would have been the last team I would have picked. I understand they got weapons. I understand why he's going. I get that as far as the personnel. But as far as the actual franchise and the team themselves, Tampa Bay, Joe, hasn't been relevant since, what, Gruden left? And really even during that time towards the end of Tampa Bay's uh, tenure with Gruden, they weren't that relevant. I mean, they had a year here, there, every so often, but it wasn't a consistent franchise that people ever thought about especially in that division when mm -hmm. they always had the saints who had their super bowl winning year you had the panthers go on their run where they went to the super bowl falcons they had the falcons the when, when they said the super bowl so uh tampa bay's kind of just always been the afterthought well they're no longer the afterthought now i was i was thinking just how weird it's going to be that we're going to see the ratings for the nfl this upcoming football season 
and a lot of the highest-rated football games in the regular season is going to involve the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that's just what happens when somebody like Tom Brady comes to town. So I, I get the move. I, I'm fascinated by it. I know I don't like Tom Brady. I respect him, though. You know, it was kind of like uh, for a lot of different players that you may not like because he goes up against your team or he's always so good, but you respect his game. That's how I am with Tom Brady. So I'll be watching him at Tampa Bay, and I'll be, in a way, rooting for him because I think that now that he's out of the division, it's a little easier to do. Uh, I, I, and maybe that makes me a bad Jets fan. That's fine. But I'm, I'm going to be rooting for him, and I, I hope he goes to Tampa Bay, and I hope he – Wins the NFC. I think that'd be just an awesome sports story, and it would show that Noah, he's not a system quarterback. It's not just about Bill Belichick. Tom Brady truly is a fantastic quarterback. I I thought about that as well from the perspective of my team, just like you're thinking about your team with Tom Brady being out of the division. I was thinking with the Steelers. If they were able to go on a magic run and get to the Super Bowl, it would be just their luck. That they would play against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady has owned the Steelers. Mm. So I, I had those same thoughts as well. Has Tom Brady not owned any team? I mean, I feel like he's owned pretty much every team. He has for <laughs> yeah. the most part. Yeah. And and that's why you think about we talk about within that division that he's dominated the division and the teams there haven't been so good. But when they played outside the the division as well, he's dominated those teams and He's been able to go on runs and make it to nine Super Bowls and won six of those. Hmm. Let me ask you this, too, about Tom Brady. Do you think that this will open up to where if there's any free agents or trades or anything like that, they will flock a little more towards Tampa Bay? Oh, like- they're already talking about Melvin Gordon going oh, man. because they are in need of that running back and also Antonio Brown <laughs> joining the Tampa Bay Bucks. Stop. And the Tampa Bay Bucks are already stacked at receiver, Stop. as we talked about. Antonio Brown lives in Florida. He and Tom Brady keep in contact. Bruce Arians was with him with the Steelers. Now, they did have a bit of back and forth when Antonio Brown was going through, and he's still going through some things, but Bruce Arians called him a diva, and Antonio Brown shot back at him and said, here's a guy who wears Kangol's and and, uh, a different pair of glasses every day, but I'm the diva. So they had a little back Mm. and forth on words, but I think if they're trying to win in the long run, they can all get over that. And if Tom Brady says, I really like to play with this guy, I think they'd uh, they'd reach out to him and see what they could do. Why, Why though? Why If you, you already have great receivers, why do you, would you want to risk all of that by bringing in somebody like Antonio Brown? I, that would think, listen, I would not question any of the moves that Tom Brady feels comfortable with or wanting to make, but at the same time, though, there's always so much you can do with Antonio Brown. I don't know if that would be a good move for them or not. But it, it's awesome, though, and I know it's awesome for there for the market of Tampa Bay, which, let's be honest, Tampa Bay might be one of the worst sports markets that have multiple professional teams. Let's just be honest. Like, the, the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, my brother went to college in Tampa, and that was during, but that was before they went on those back-to-back World Series runs. So they still, he was like, they were begging people to go to games. Mm-hmm. Like they, he went to, a, he went to a small Christian college there, and people they would hand tickets out to the college and say, hey, hand these out to your students, just give them out. We just want anybody to show up. Like that's how it is with them. And I know that the the football franchises is better, I guess, but. Nobody ever talks about how the great fans of Tampa Bay Buccaneers are around and how they always sell out the stadium and that, all that. So it's just a very interesting market for somebody as big time as Tom Brady to choose to go to. Like, we know LeBron James and the Cleveland connection there. 
There was a reason for that. He was drafted by him for one, but he's also from there. Yeah. Like that made sense. So when you had a big time player go to a smaller, smaller market like Cleveland when it was LeBron James, that made sense. But then you've also seen the big time players like Shaquille O'Neal go to Los Angeles. You know, and then he he blew up there. And you know, he liked to like to be in that big market because when the when you want to be in the biggest market with the biggest fans and the biggest spotlight, that's where you want to go. It's what most athletes want, especially this day and age. If you're big time, you know that everyone's just vying for your services. You will go to a place where you want to be in the biggest frame of mind, in the biggest spotlight. But Tom Brady doesn't care about that. You know why? Because Tom Brady wants to win more than anything. He doesn't care about going to Los Angeles. He doesn't care about going to New York. He doesn't care about going to any of these other big-time major markets with big brands. You know where he's going? The place that gives him the best chance to win. And that's why he's a six-time Super Bowl champion right there. Yeah. Uh, Also... We got to keep in mind that staying east was a big factor in this and family. He wanted to be close to his family because he has a son that lives in the New York area. He wanted to stay close to him and stay east. So L.A. sounded good with the new stadium and everything, the glitz and glamour of L.A., but he let them know and they put it out there that they thought they were out of the running because he did let them know that it's a factor that I want to stay close to home and stay on the East Coast. So think about that. Um, You talk about Tampa being a smaller market, and there were other teams that would have been in the mix. East, we didn't hear about many of them, but Miami we know is a bigger market and more of a party town, and they're starting to build things, and he has a relationship with the head coach. They were a team that we thought was in play all along, but they got beat out by Tampa. Tampa Mm -hmm. has more in place right now to win, and that was the deciding factor for him. Yeah, and again, that's why another reason why I respect Tom Brady for what he is is because if there's any indication that he's not about the the glitz and glamour, he's not about you know where he's going to have the paparazzi following him all the time, because if that's what he wanted, which Boston's a huge market, so he got that up there, but if that's what he wanted, he would have gone to the Chargers. You know, even if they didn't have the best chance to win, if he was all about – just getting the the biggest name and the being the biggest guy in town, he would have gone to the Chargers in L.A. because that would have made sense, but he didn't. He went to Tampa Bay because he knows that's what's going to give him the best chance to win. And that's almost like a lost art to me, Joe, when it comes to these big-time box office superstars because I think basketball is kind of the main way that we see that where uh, if you're a big-time – if you bring in crowds, which is what I'm referred to as box office, where you bring, bring in the big crowds – you want to go to the places that's going to have the biggest of crowds. You know, LeBron James going to L.A., that's a big deal. Anthony Davis, when he was at New Orleans, he's not going to get that. But when he goes to L.A., he's going to have that impact. You know, there's just certain times where players want that power. They want that glamour to be on them. Superstars, at least, the highest level superstars. But, you know, a guy like Tom Brady going to a place like Tampa Bay, which – literally has no sort of history besides winning that Super Bowl. They were kind of like the Saints for a while where they were made fun of as being one of the worst NFL franchises around. You know, it's not like there's a lot of glitz and glamour in Tampa Bay. It's a nice place. It's in Florida. It'll be a lot warmer. But it's also going to be weird seeing a playoff game where Tom Brady's going to be playing in it, Joe, and there's not snow on the ground because that's just what you got used to. Well, think about this as well. And I don't think that it was a major factor, but I think it could have been a factor as well, that Tom Brady – He's not going to be overshadowed by anyone, but think about him going to the Giants, 
place that Eli Manning mm-hmm. just retired from. Why would he want to go there and follow Eli Manning? Like I said, Tom Brady's not going to be overshadowed, but – Could have gone to the Jets. He could have <laughs> gone to the Jets. He, you're right. He could have gone there. But the Giants, were, that was a team we heard were in play, and their her, current head coach was on the Patriots staff last year. All right, you go to L.A., Phillip Rivers just left there. Why would you want to do that? You go to Indy, to the Colts, and Peyton Manning. That's the house that Peyton Manning built. So I I think that he chose accordingly and wisely as well with you're going somewhere out of the norm where you are going to write your own story as well still. Mm -hmm. Now, Peyton Manning went to the Broncos, and we know what John Elway did there. So – like I said, I don't think it was a major factor, but I think maybe the thought was crossed there where I'm going to go somewhere out of the norm, somewhere that is built to win, and I can write my own story. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's the case. Maybe that's something that he was interested in. Um, but, again, it's it, Tom Brady just has that sort of power to where he, he literally could have gone anywhere he wanted, and people would have flocked to him. Free agents would have flocked to him. Trades would have been wanting to be had to go play with him. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess we'll find out once he actually meets with the media and speaks out about what this decision, what all went into it. We'll find out a little more about it because I'll be interested to hear from him. That is for sure. It's a wide open Wednesday here on Out of Bounds. If you want to get in on the conversation, call in the West End Cigars Hotline, 501-433-1037. What's trending in sports? Coming up next on Out of Bounds. <laughs> You're listening to the Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Follow the show on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors and at 1037TheBuzz. Mr. Danny West, what's going on, my man? Yeah, that was actually going to be my uh, question of what is Danny West doing uh, amidst the the coronavirus quarantine, if you will. What what do you do, man? I mean, I know you got the job you still got to do, but do you binge watch television shows, hang out with the fam? What do you got going on? Yeah, you know what? Late at night when all the work is done, I, I've been watching this series on Netflix, uh, World War II in Color, and I'm just fascinated by it. I, I like my history stuff, so that's kept me entertained at night. And then by day, I'm just, you know, the, the good news is, John, recruiting never stops. You know that as well as anybody, so they're still recruiting. Um, you could argue even more so that they're not in football. They're, they've got more time to recruit now, so they're putting out new offers and evaluating film, and it's my job, I guess, to try to keep up with it all. But so far, so good, man. It's uh, It hasn't in, impacted anybody that, that I'm aware of close to me, so I just hope it stays that way and everybody stays safe. Well, Danny, who, uh, as far as recruits, have you been able to reach out and talk to here with recently to see what their interest is with the Razorbacks? Yeah, you know what? That's actually a very timely question, Joe. Uh, Yesterday was probably the biggest news of the week so far. Arkansas offered this 2022 athlete. You might consider him a wide receiver out of Clarendon, Arkansas. Y'all know where Clarendon is? No clue. I know where it is. (laughs) Yeah, I knew you would, Joe. Over in the Delta country, Quincy McAdoo. This guy's blowing up, 6'2", 175. Again, he's an athlete. I, I would consider him a wide receiver target, but he does a little bit of everything, as you might expect for a, a, a town, a school as small as Clarendon. But he's got big-time potential. Could be a receiver, could be a DB at the next level. Florida State and Houston have also offered Quincy. And 
you know, I think he's got a chance to be the most heavily recruited coming out of Clarendon since Cedric Houston. Uh, when you think back to the early 2000s, I'm sure a lot of people remember that name. And this kid's got potential. The good news for Arkansas is his mother is a diehard Razorback fan, and Quincy grew up a Razorback fan as well. So I think they're going to have a, a really good shot here to keep him at home. So let me ask you, Danny, just as far as the, the recruiting aspects, we know how it's impacting coaches and programs and college as far as their recruiting side, but give us the other perspective of what it's like from the kids' perspective of where you know they were, they've been getting ready, they've been you know getting ready for the, the next upcoming football season, kind of starting to set up some visits and whatnot, and all that's been taken up to a halt. So just talking with some of these kids, how, how has it impacted them or what are some of the things they are trying to do to make sure that they keep up to date on their recruiting as well? Yeah, it's frustrating for them, as you might expect, especially the guys who, as you mentioned there, you know, they, they schedule these visits so far in advance. And a lot of times, you know, if you're a kid from California and you planned on visiting uh, Georgia, right, you're a big-time stud, well, you've got to buy that plane ticket months in advance, and now you've kind of got to eat it. You know what I mean? So a lot of those situations are much worse than maybe a kid from Dallas who had to cancel a trip to Baylor. You know what I mean? So those you can make up, but I hate it for the guys who had those long-distance uh, visits coming up and, and unfortunately not going to be able to make them. But, you know, the kids are frustrated, and uh, I'm most curious to see how it's going to impact the timeline of decisions and signings this year. You know, the recent trend has been kids are signing in December more and more now that they're allowed to do that. I'm curious to see if this delay in visits in, during the spring is going to impact, you know, maybe they sit back and wait until February and make that decision a little bit later this time around. We'll see. So with the coaching staff and the players, potential recruits out there, are they keeping in touch more so through social media, or are they making direct phone calls? How are they keeping in touch? All of the above, Joe. I mean, it's a dead period, but they can still do all of that. So it's FaceTime, it's phone calls, text, DMs, sliding in the DMs, <laughs> a lot of activity right now. So I know Sam Pittman's staff has kept me busy. They're, they're really getting after it. It's the most they can do, but it's – you know, they're doing it, and they don't have any other options. You can't bring kids on campus, obviously, so you've kind of got to get creative. I saw a story earlier today that Kansas, uh, Les Miles of all people, has actually set up kind of a virtual junior day, so to speak. I think they're inviting 30 of their top prospects to join them throughout the day on Thursday, but they're doing it via, you know, Skype and FaceTime and all this different stuff, taking them on uh tours of the facilities pretty creative outside the box thinking i think you'll see more teams start to adapt those those practices in the meantime danny i feel like this type of situation we find ourselves in is is really of course it's impacting sports all over but if we're talking specifically about razorback football to me it impacts sam Pittman probably more so than anybody in his staff because as a new coach, I can't imagine what that's like where you step in, you feel like you're, all right, this is when I'm going to get to know my roster, know my team in spring practices, and then boom, just like that, it's gone. Uh, do you feel like this has a strong – it's got an impact on everybody. We know that. But do you feel like it has a stronger impact on somebody like Sam Pittman and this staff that kind of takes them a step back from getting to know and build some rapport with their team? Absolutely. Anybody that went through a coaching change, it, it probably hurts you a lot more. And, you know, you went through a coaching change because last year you were not very good, right? 
and you didn't get a bowl game, so you didn't get all those extra practices that most of your competition did, and then you kind of get a late start in recruiting, then turns to, it, you turn around, you don't even get a spring. I mean, it's just one thing after another. Absolutely, it's a big challenge, and, you know, it's going to be really tough for them. The good news is, John, based on what I've heard, they had already installed quite a few things prior to all of this coming about, so they were installing things. They were just doing it against air. Obviously, they couldn't have a football out there. Hadn't really started spring drills, but they're going to continue to install things just via telephone, and that's really tough when you can't get out there and show them how to line up and you know how to go in motion, when to do all of these things person to person. But the good news is at least they can talk over the phone and, and show them different things. It's been interesting to me to hear about some of these guys. You know, most of them, I would say most, are going home already or have already gone home. And the trouble they're running into is they can't find anywhere to work out. You know, gyms are closing. Their local high schools are shut down. They can't even get up to the field house to get in a workout. So the players have to be creative here, too. And your concern is, are they doing the work? I, I heard Sam Pittman um, really emphasize that last Friday, I guess, when he had that team meeting. You know, I trust you guys that you're going to get your work done academically and athletically. You're going to do what we ask you to do. But I'm sure that's a concern for the coaches. Have the coaches offered their altered their schedule any kind of way where they're working from home a lot more these days? You know what? That's a good question. I, I need to find out about that. That would surprise me I, because, you know, just following the recruiting trend so far this week, seems like they're probably in the offices, but I, I don't know that for a fact, Joe. That's a really good question. Now, Danny, obviously with the everything going on, we gotta, we've got to get you your opinion on some of the other stuff going on in the world of sports. Uh, this We've been talking about this Tom Brady thing. Do you have any thoughts on oh, him going? Story? Yeah, I heard about that. It was in all the papers this morning. I don't know if you had a chance yeah. to read it or not, but yeah. yeah. I think I saw it on the ticker this morning. Yeah, there you go. So Tom Brady yeah. going to the Buccaneers. What are your thoughts? You know, I think it's weird anytime we see one of these longtime legends, right, in the same uniform for years and years. What was he, 20 years? 20 years with the Patriots. And, you know, then they switch up at the end of their career. We saw it with Joe Montana. Um, who were some others? Joe, Peyton Manning. Jerry, Jerry Rice, Peyton Manning, Emmitt Smith, Favre, I guess you kind of throw into that, although he was signed initially by Atlanta, right? Mm -hmm. But when you think of Favre, you picture the yellow helmet and green jersey. And uh, I don't know, it's just weird. It's, even Michael Jordan, I guess, on the basketball side. But it's going to be weird to see him in that uniform. I'm just happy he's out of the AFC, to be honest with you. I'm a Chiefs guy. I wanted him out of the AFC. It's, it's interesting to me that the NFC South now is going to have all these old, old heads when you think about Brady and Breeze and Matt Ryan, I guess, is 35-36. But it's going to be interesting. I think he can win there, though. He's got some, he's got some real weapons. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm as curious as anybody to see how well they can do. Yeah, because the thing about me with Tom Brady is that, you know, at some point I'm like, okay, the age is going to catch up with him. But I still feel like he's got some years in him. And, I, and we, me and Joe were talking in the previous segment. This might be the final, you know, nail in the coffin of the debate of, all right, so has it always been more about Belichick or has it always oh, been yeah. more about Brady? Now, he may not decide it this year, but at least in these eras, because if Tom Brady goes down to Tampa Bay and maybe wins a Super Bowl, at least plays for a Super Bowl, then people start to say, all right, well, he was just phenomenal. And, but if Bill Belichick and the Patriots 
still win 12, 13 games this year, regardless of who the quarterback is, then people probably lean more towards that. Who are y'all thinking might be the quarterback? Because yesterday at this time, I would have said Nick Foles. I, I felt like they might go after him, and now we've learned today, I guess within the last hour, that he's going to Chicago. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm running out of options. Well, Maybe John has somebody that's interesting guy. that he thinks – is probably going to be their next quarterback. I just think it would be fascinating to see like Cam Newton be there because right. he's available. He's going to be a starter, and I'm not saying that there is even any interest in there, but I think it would be interesting to see from a dynamic where Cam Newton's kind of got a, a very over-the-top personality, let's be honest. You can just tell by the outfits he wears. He, he's a big yeah. personality. Going to a place where personality almost seems frowned upon <laughs> like in the Bill Belichick system. I think it would just be fascinating because, let's be honest, the Patriots – you know, they may still be okay, but they still got to find a quarterback. Still got to find somebody. I don't think Jarrett Stidham's the guy, Dan. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> I do. I think that Belichick is so arrogant that he's going to say, I can take this young kid that we just drafted mm. last year. He's going to be a second year guy. And when did Brady start having all his success? In his second year and had True. a 20 year career. True. So I think uh, he's going to try to ride Jarrett Stidham, or they have Cody Kessler, forgot that he's on their roster, or he may go into the draft and say, we'll work with one of those guys. But I think he has a certain arrogance about him that says, we're going to work with our guys and uh, the core players that we put around them, and we're going to succeed. Man, I would hate to be a Patriots fan hearing that right there. I mean, you're losing <laughs> Tom Brady, and you're talking about Jared Stidham rolling the dice with him. Ooh, that would concern me. Yeah, because I was thinking, too, if if you're a Patriots fan and, and Jared Stenham ends up being the guy, you're hopeful that, okay, you're hopeful that Bill Belichick's just a system guy where you can plug and play anybody and it works out. That's what you're hopeful for. But that's the thing. It's like, who would have guessed Tom Brady would have came out of where he did mm-hmm. and end up doing what he did? So, True. not saying Jared Stenham will be that, but, you know, you just never know with certain quarterbacks and certain coaches with certain rosters. They could just turn the switch on and end up being big time with it. So, I'm not totally sure what direction they're going to go. Yeah, I'm not either. As long as Patrick Mahomes stays in Kansas City, I really couldn't care less what the Patriots have going on at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I think- He's a guy that's about to get paid, Danny, and I was going to ask yeah, you about your team as well. Where um haven't heard a lot from them in free agency, but we know that Chris Jones, they put the tag on him. How are you feeling about the Chiefs and uh, some of the moves that they've made? Yeah, it has been quiet, hasn't it? Which it, I'm okay with. Right. I was, I was – I was kind of expecting Chris Jones to make a move, to be honest with you. I felt like we'd probably lose him, and we still may. You know you know how these things can go, but um, that was the one I was really, really concerned about. You've got to have that guy. I mean, he was really, really good for us this past year, and when he wasn't in there, you you saw it. Uh, it was a drastic, drastic change for us. So he was the only one I was really worried about. I saw the receiver, Demarcus Robinson, got a pretty good situation now, so – not a huge fan there. Probably too many drops. I felt like maybe he could have moved on, but hey, more power to him. Maybe catch the ball and stick around for a little while. I want to throw it a, a couple of curveballs at you real quick, Danny, because this is just the way it's going to be, my man. I think you got to just be ready for it. But you mentioned you were watching uh, what was it, World War II in color? Is that right on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you were having to start a new show or start a movie or anything, so listeners out there who may be looking for some sort of digital content to consume. What would be some of your suggestions on what people should watch? Right now, YouTube. I've been going back watching all the highlights from the NCAA tournaments. 
some of the biggest games. Like last night, I watched uh, UMBC, their win over Virginia. Obviously, they were the 16. Yeah. 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 When they beat the one seed. If you go back and watch that game, and you can find it full length on YouTube, I mean, it's just crazy to see how that turned around. Everybody called that an upset. That was no upset, in my opinion. They beat them by 20. So you know, I've been watching stuff like that. Obviously, my wife is a KU fan. She's pretty bummed out, so I think she's been watching some of the replays of 2008 championship. <laughs> so it's been pretty boring in terms of content. I know I didn't give you a great answer there, John, but no, I no, I like that. Trying yeah. to relive the glory days, man. Yeah, because uh, you know, Danny, last night I did a periscope of just watching some old Razorback highlights with some people yeah. because first of all, I thought the SEC Network's Razorback takeover was atrocious. I couldn't believe yeah, that lineup. Bad. And so I was like, well, let's just mix it up a little bit. Let's watch some old highlights here. Because, again, like I told Joe, I think that that's just a way for people to kind of feel normal again is when they can revisit a lot of these good exactly. and simpler times with highlights or old games or whatnot. So, and, but the NCAA tournament one's fascinating that you brought that up because I did the same thing when I was watching Cinderella stories, if you will, in the NCAA mm -hmm. tournament. I did the Florida Gulf Coast because they were oh, so yeah. exciting to watch. That, what do they call it? Was it Dunk City or something like that yeah, that they like that. coined the phrase? So, yeah, there's these old Cinderella stories that you can watch and you can, uh, you can uh, enjoy as well. What would you say is your favorite Cinderella story in the tournament? Oh, man, it, it might be that UMBC game because I watched it live, I remember. And, you know, uh, us media people were not supposed to cheer, right? But <laughs> I was, by God, I was cheering for that team right there. I'd never been a, a really big Virginia Tony Bennett fan, so just don't like that style of play when you're holding – you're winning like 42 to 40. I, that's not for me. So I was proud to see them get knocked off. Um, I could go all the way back to Gonzaga when they mm -hmm. really first started – you know, we were kids, but I remember thinking, man, this is awesome that this little team that nobody's ever heard of, and now you look up and they're number one or two seed every single year. So I remember that run. Um, George Mason seems oh, yeah. like that was a good one. Yeah. So just a few there. Yeah, because Gonzaga, when that time, was that 99, I believe, was when they, they beat Florida. I know that was a big upset that they went on. Uh, yeah. And Mark Few wasn't the coach back then. Trying to remember the guy's name, but yeah, that was kind of when at least my first Cinderella story. I was like, "How do you even pronounce that team's name?" But <laughs> yeah. uh, but that's what's great we still about struggle with that. I know so, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. I mean, there's different they're ways. They're the Zags. Yeah, they're the Zags. Yeah. Probably the easiest way. But that's what's great about it is because you see how many. I mean, how many schools have you now heard of that you would have never otherwise heard of because of the NCAA tournament? I wouldn't that's even right. known like a Florida Gulf Coast existed or a Lehigh back when they beat Duke, mm -hmm. or Norfolk State when they beat Missouri and Frank Hayth. I love that one. Like, well, the one that Danny was talking about, UMBC. Yeah, same thing. Like, you would never have known these teams or known these schools existed if it wasn't for the NCAA tournament, which just, once again, makes me really sad that we don't have the yeah, NCAA tournament. Sad. I'm sorry we even started this topic now. We should be watching basketball tomorrow. Yeah. But we're not, so it's just really depressing. Yeah, well, that's just the way it goes, man. That's the way it goes, Danny. But you know what? We're going to power through. I know you guys are doing a great job over there at hawksports.com to keep everything rolling the best you can. We're doing the best we can as well, and we really appreciate you hopping on with us as always. Uh, so I guess we'll be catching up with you next week, and hopefully Let's we have it. some good news next week to talk about where all of this is starting to slowly get better and come to an end. Hope so, buddy. Always yeah. fun talking to you guys. Yeah, appreciate Thanks, it, Danny. Danny. I appreciate it as always, man. So uh, there you have it, Danny West of hogsports.com. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Joe, when we start talking about the 
NCAA tournament and March Madness. I feel like that's probably what the most excitement comes along with March Madness. It's not about the championship. It's not about who wins it. It's not about, you know, and even filling out your brackets is fun. But the biggest fun and the most fun about it all is seeing the upset, seeing the Cinderella stories, because almost every single year there's always one. They may not win the title. They may not even go to the Final Four. But they dash other teams' dreams that had that ability to go to the Final Four or at least win a championship. You look forward to it every year, and even when you're filling out filling out your bracket, you say which 11 seed is going to beat a 6 seed, which 12 is going to beat a 5. Mm-hmm. You're always looking for those, and uh, you know it's going to happen every year. So sometimes you even go overboard in picking some of those because you're trying to find the right one on your bracket, where is it going to happen? Yeah, and I just I had to mention this one too, Joe. Northern Iowa with Ali Farouk Manesh. Do you remember him? I do. They beat Kansas, <laughs> and they were the bunch of ragtag guys. Like well, I remember they had one guy that it was their big man down under. He wore, like, workout gloves that had no fingers. Yes. Like, and I was Never like, seen that on a basketball court. Yeah, I was like, so what how does what benefit does that give you when you wear just your palms are covered? I guess maybe if you have sweaty palms and oops, you grip the ball a little more. I don't know. Maybe but that's I, it. I just thought that was awesome too. But yeah, and then the Ali Farouk Manesh is hitting those threes in those games, man. I mean we need sports back, Joe. We need sports back in the worst way, but it's always fun to revisit those things and have fun with it as well. We're having fun here on Out of Bounds. We got more of it coming up next. Stay with us. <laughs> You're listening to the Out of Bounds Podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Follow the show on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors and at 1037TheBuzz. Let's be honest. There's not really any sport, real sport, that you can get great at and be great at when your diet is beer and hot dogs. No. Let's just be honest. Not happening. Well, kind of hold on. I take that back. Bowling, bowling. <laughs> yeah, there, you, you could do. We bowling. had that same thought. Yeah, because I mean, what, that's what makes bowling probably. It's an underrated sport because Joe, how many sports can you play? Like right now, you yourself, how many sports can you play effectively by eating a big old plate of nachos and drinking beer? Not it, many. It, it would have to be within that same realm where it's bowling, darts, mm-hmm. uh shuffleboard. Shuffleboard's my my jam. I love me some shuffleboard. So, but yeah, we're talking about beer bar games. Uh-huh. Bar games. There yeah, you go. Exactly. But, you know, golf you can get away with because I know a lot of people like to, you know, drink beer when they go and play golf and they can still be effective at it, but no one's bringing out, you know, hot dogs and plate of nachos. So, it's just it's it's a combination of things. Pool if you if you pool, you, yeah. pool is you have to develop a certain skill to be good at pool. Mm-hmm. But if you play it enough, you can develop that skill. Yeah, kind of like bowling. If you do it enough, and you know the right techniques, mm-hmm. then you can develop a certain skill to be successful. Yeah, bowling always kind of throws me off in a loop when somebody suggests they want to go bowling. I'm like, okay, I haven't been bowling in a while. We'll give this a shot. And then usually when I do go bowling. I, I sit back and I see the massive amount of selection for the bowling balls and the weights, and I really have no idea what to choose. I don't know what weight I should go with or anything like that. I usually just choose a random one, and then I usually go out there and I make a complete fool of myself. Okay, so you choose a random weight. Do you use the same ball, or do you just 
go out there and just wing it with different. Well, it depends. If like if I'm if I'm playing terrible, that I get a stupid ball. It's got to be the <laughs> ball that's that's throwing me off. So I got to go and give me another ball. Yeah. So that that's the thing is I I have to change it up a little bit. Uh, but a lot of times when I go out there to bowl, it's it's always fun among friends. But as I told you, Joe, there's something weird about somebody that has their own bowling ball. Mm-hmm. That's where I was going next. Have your own ball, your own shoes, no. your bag that you carry around. No, your uh, your the like deal, your, the protective deal the wrist for your protector, wrist. yeah. And like, has anybody? And this is all honestly, glove. It's honestly pretty gross too. But it's like, do you think that how how well and thorough do you think bowling alleys clean out the holes of those bowling balls? Oh, they spray them. Spray them with what? That that little aerosol spray that they use for what, shoes. What for breeze? <laughs> I mean, like, is that really going to disinfect it all? Well, that hey, that's why you can wear a glove. You can have a bowling a glove. glove. A yeah. bowling glove. Oh, this glove. is what all goes into your bag. It's your ball, your shoes, your glove, your towel. You got to have your towel as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. For your the wrist protector, you got to have it all. Yeah. Or you could be like, what's his name, and have like the the gunners, the sunglasses that are like the the orange tint. Mm-hmm. Which I never understood why you need those in bowling. What does that do inside? Right. Yeah, but what does that do? Like I see, ga- it makes you focus in on. The lane itself. <laughs> because I see gamers wear them. Like people who play video games because it's for the looking at the screen and helping the helping it go a little easier on their eyes. Yeah. But when I see bowling people do it, I'm like, okay. <laughs> bowling people, I like bowling, that. What are they called? Bowlers? <laughs> bowlers. Bowlers, bowling, bowling people. people, yeah. I mean, whatever. But hey, listen, <laughs> I'm not hating on bowling. I enjoy bowling. There's something, there's something great about going and bowling out. But, you know, usually when I'm going bowling, if I hit – you know, I talked about if I can get within the single digits of the, you know, birthdays guessing and guessing the ages. Mm-hmm. If I can get triple digits in bowling, it's a good day for me. Well, come on. You got to do more than just triple digits. Joe, I haven't played. I haven't gone bowling. I was trying to think about this. I have not been bowling in probably three years. Okay. So you can pick it up and you so can. So I'm going to pick it up and just immediately bowl 100? Yeah. 100 at least. Yeah. But. You're talking, you want to have a goal of bowling like 130 one, to 150, just say in that range. But why? Not just 100. So, not, so 100 is too if, easy. So you're saying if I, don't, if I don't get to 130, then like well, I'm, I'm not, not pretty saying, bad. No, I'm not saying you're bad, but I'm just saying have a higher goal, not just 100. 100 is, I think that's too easy. Raise the bar just a bit, just mm. a bit. Maybe 120. Maybe start at 120. I like to keep it 100. You like to keep it? I like that, too. Like, like the like the kids say these days. Yeah. Keep, keep it 100. Well, I guess that's the same way in my bowling. As long as I can get to that 100 mark, I can keep it 100, then I'm good to okay, go. Okay, I'll give you that. Then. I'll, I'll, I'll be good Since to go. Since you went there, I'll give you that. Thank you. Thank you so much. By the way, when you bowl, do you actually use the finger holes? Or I do. do. You, or do you do the ones where you no. put the spin on it? Nah. I, I, I don't know anything about the spin. I'm trying to just go straight. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the ball straight from hitting the gutters. I don't want to give my ball um, more of, um, I guess, a chance of hitting the gutter by trying to put a spin on it and wanting it to walk that line and then curve back in. Mm-hmm. No, I just want to go as straight as I can, boom, hit the pins, knock them down. Yeah, because I'm not above doing the granny roll, Joe. Granny roll is good because it, 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 it work. keeps it straight as well. Yeah, it can work. Just like the granny shot in basketball. Sounds like we need to go bowling sometime. I'm enjoying this, thinking about it. I'm like, what? Well, we can't go now, but obviously with uh, everything going on. We can't do anything now, but you know, put it on the list of to-dos. I think bowling alleys could be open, maybe. Mm, 
We we could get our own lanes away from each other, social distancing. I guess that's true. We but again, you're you going to trust those bowling balls? You trust the cleanliness of them? Hey, bring your own spray if you don't trust Bur- Your own spray. <laughs> bring your own Lysol to spray into the holes of the bowling ball, and it should be good to go. Yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that's exactly what, uh, what the parameters are for cleaning a bowling ball. But, you know, hey, but like I said, bowling is one of those things that so many people do. Not anybody's re- like, and in fact, I never trust anybody that also says when they're like, no, I'm pretty good at bowling. I'm like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You don't trust that? I don't trust that. Huh. Okay. Because to me, if you're going to be good at bowling, to me, good at bowling means you're bowling like 225 and above. Like, to me, that's good at bowling. Right, right. Now, I don't know if there are many people around doing that. Yeah. Because what's your high, if, what's your high score you've ever got? If they're uh, 199, it's a sore subject. I missed 200 by one pin. But Man. Um, if you're talking somebody that's bowling 225, they're probably more likely to be on a tour somewhere. Really? Yeah. If they're bowling that is there and above consistently? How does one get on a tour for bowling? <laughs> like, um, where do you sign up at? Just have to be really good, man. Enter those tournaments. I mean, do you go on? You just go to the. I don't. It's not PBA because that's Professional Bull Riding Association. But whatever the bowling league is, do you just go online and say I want to apply to get on tour and? Yeah, and pay that fee and <laughs> and and then if you're good, you there you go. You're man. in. We need to try that. We need to do some research on that and see if that's all it takes. Oh, I think it is. See it's, what the parameters as, are. Yeah, if you get in a, a tournament and you do well, you're, you're good to go. Okay. But you got to remember, it costs money to enter these tournaments. So if you're not good and you're just out there throwing away money, you're doing yourself an injustice. That's true, too. That's true, too. Look so our- why would it? Why would anyone, <laughs> if you're not good, because I, I, I kind of have an idea of what you're thinking here, just somebody, just a random dude, just like, Hey man, I'm gonna go on the pro bowling tour, and you're throwing away plenty of money because you do have to pay to enter those tournaments. Yeah, which okay, I understand that, but again, it goes back to where if I'm going bowling with a group of friends, and in our group somebody shows up with a bowling glove and like a wrist protector and all that, I'm not playing with that person. Why not? That's weird. That's weird. Hey, I went on a date one time. This was a it was way it was a long time ago, but um, so. The girl was telling me that she was a good bowler, and I was kind of like, you know, ah, whatever. Everybody says they're a good bowler. Man, when she said she was a good bowler, she was a borderline great bowler. And I didn't know where it came from, but hmm. I it, it would have been embarrassing to play her. And if you thought that you were good and you're like, ah, whatever, I'm going to go out and beat it. No, it would have been embarrassing. Hmm. She was that good. Yeah. Well, it was funny because I saw our phone lines were lighting up with uh, people probably wanting to talk about this discussion of bowling at this point in time because, hey, that is the way it goes, though, folks. It is the way it goes. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I am weird, and I'm the weird one that feels like if somebody shows up in my group of friends with, like, dressed to the nines with a bowling shirt, bowling their own bowling shoes, their own bowling ball inside their own bowling bag with their own bowling gloves and their own bowling wrist protector – their bowling sunglasses, whatever it is, it, it to me just kind of comes off a little bothersome. Maybe I'm in the wrong there. And if you're out there and you have all these things, it is, means no offense to you. No offense. Just talking about if it's a casual get-together for bowling, just kind of strange to me. That's all I'm saying. And Todd Pierce says, never mind the cleanliness of the bowling ball. What about those darn bowling shoes? Uh, that's another one. But I feel a little more protected because of the socks. Because you wear socks, right? 
You better wear socks. Yeah. I know some but people that don't. You bring your own socks. Don't wear socks. Bring your own socks. Yes. Folks. It's a must. Do not expect to go to the bowling alley and be like, hey, you got any socks for rent? No. Absolutely not. Under no circumstance you should ever do that. Good grief. I love this. I love this time. I'm I'm loving this content when we're talking about bowling. This is great, Joe. Let's uh, cycle through some of these phone calls. <laughs> David's in Little Rock. What's going on, David? Hey, uh, what kind of questions you got about bowling? Because you guys are way off base about everything. Okay, so are you a are you a pro bowler or at least a, a very good bowler? Well, I've shot forty one three hundred. Okay, and yeah, great so the, bowler. So yeah, that's pretty good. A lot, of, a lot of times when you go into local houses and you see a two twenty five average bowler, it's because they're a house bowler. Okay, so so if you're two twenty five, a house bowler is like. Like it's almost somebody like a scratch golfer type thing where you're not pro but you're pretty good. A house bowler is somebody that just bowls locally at the local bowling houses here in town. Oh, okay. okay so, so David, they have an easier shot set up for a house bowler. Bowling that many three hundreds, then uh, how many pro um, tournaments have you been in? Zero. Really? Okay. Correct. Never, never any interest from you. Oh no, no. Now I've bowled tournaments all over the country but the uh, pba is totally different you have to there's so many different types of patterns out there all patterns okay i am fascinated by this david because i want to know more so <laughs> if, if if you wanted to get in on on the tour like and professionally like what are the requirements do you have to have a certain amount of, of games into certain tournaments that you bowl a certain amount like what's the parameters um, there i don't know what it's like with see, back in the day it used to be called the abc which is american bowling crime uh-huh. congress now it's the USBC, which is the United States Bowling Congress. Okay. The PBA, it is the PBA. It's the, polling, it's the Pro Bowling Association. The PBR is for your pro bull riding. Correct. And back in the day, you used to have, have to carry a 190 average or higher for at least two years and have five PBA members actually sign a form for you to be able to join the PBA. So okay. to my point, though, a guy that bowls a 225, he would definitely be eligible. Right. Also, you need to have money put back because these tournaments are all over the country, and they're not just one-day tournaments. They go for three, four, five days at a time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said it costs to get into these tournaments. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, Dave, let me ask you this. Since uh, you, you've bowled 300 so many times, what of the what weight class is your bowling ball? What weight do you go with so I can make sure that I get it going? Well, it's the, the, highest, ball that you, the highest weight ball that you can get is the 16-pound ball. 16, okay. So which one and do you use? Was, mine are 15 pounds. 15 pounds, okay. Yeah, that, was a, that was a really cute question. What weight class is your ball? Well, that's a weight class. <laughs> it, it, there's different weights. I got to know. Weight class. Okay, so 15 pounds. So do, do you use the cur- Do you use the like the curve on your on your swing or on your throw? Yes. yes. Okay. Most guys that are bowling 300s, they put they the probably curve do on that. it. Right. Yeah. right. And bowling eyes, they do not clean their bowling balls. They don't. They do. They do spray out the shoes. They have it's like a Lysol disinfectant that they spray in the shoes every time a previous customer turns them in. They do sell socks inside the vending machine. <laughs> if you're buying socks from a vending machine, man, you you just did not come prepared. It sounds like. Well, you got to realize that uh, bowling alleys. When people like like you and your buddies will go out and drink them a night. Hey, let's go bowling. Let's go over to Professor West or let's go over to Millennium Bowling Alley. And some of your buddies have got their little brown knickers on, don't wear socks. Well, they're going to want socks on to put them in the shoes. Yeah. 
No, no, no. I mean, I am all for making sure you wear socks. It's just one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're going to go bowling, just make sure you come prepared to wear it. So I guess you have just convinced me that if I am going to go bowling, to wear gloves because apparently they don't really clean out the holes of the bowling balls there, David. Or if you're really interested in getting into bowling, I mean, an average bowling ball, like the ones that the professionals bowl or like with myself and everything, they average cost around 150 to 160 plus the drilling and the inserts and everything in there. Yeah, John. Once you, it's drilled for your hand. Mm. I mean, you're, I mean, you get the finger inserts put in and everything, and it's drilled for the size of your hand. So it wouldn't fit somebody, some Joe Blow coming in off the street. Right. Okay. Interesting. Well, David, I really appreciate you helping me out here because I honestly, and I mean this, I did not know much about bowling other than just – this is what you got to do in bowling. I still like struggle to score bowling. You know, I, I still don't sometimes get that. But thank you for calling in because I this was like one of my favorite conversations I've had on this show so far. So I could learn a little more about bowling, my man. Okay, now if you'll take me off the radio part, I can tell you something else. I don't want everybody else to know who you who you're talking to. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, well we will put you All on right, hold, David, hold on. and uh, we will talk to you on that. I don't know really what to think about that part of it, um, but uh, yeah, me neither. We'll we'll find out real quick. We'll try to squeeze in one more phone call. Danny's in Sherwood. What's going on, Danny? Hey, tell me uh, who he is whenever y'all he tells y'all who he is. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We we can't unmask the uh, the guy of David and Little Rock. We right, can't do right. that. He's the mass singer on this mm. show. The mass yeah, caller. The mass, the, the, those bowlers, even to this day, uh, somebody forgot to tell them to get their wardrobe out of the 80s and their <laughs> Yeah, they don't really do a good job of uh, updating the uniforms there. You know Danny. what they do, though? They have all their sponsors on them now. That's true. Well, you got to make the money somehow. So. Well, I bowled. Um, I won't talk too much about it, but I, I bowl every once in a while. Um, I tend to, like, every time I, I bowl or I, I throw or whatever, I take a drink of my beer and I'm hammered by the time <laughs> the first game's over. I, it's a habit. Do you play better or worse when you're hammered? I play worse every time. Oh, man. Uh, that's a I, shame. I mean, if I get 100, I'm I'm all excited. But you and John need to go yeah, bowling fair, together. That's why th- I'm glad you're you're a man after my own heart, Danny, when it comes to getting those triple digits. We're up against it, man, but appreciate you calling. And we got more Out of Bounds, and we will do this day in sports history coming up. Thanks for listening to the Out of Bounds podcast with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Subscribe wherever podcasts are found, and be sure to visit 1037thebuzz.com for all things buzz.